All right, welcome back to the big program, 9 o'clock, and we welcome in our Wednesday co-host, David Schlemko. Schlemmer, how are you, big guy? I'm doing well, Kevin. Thanks. Uh, we were talking about, because you had the flu last week, that, uh, you know, there's a certain fine for guys, you know, missing a, a show early on. The Duke oh, was kind of yeah. worried about worried about you, and he was thinking about a fine. I don't know if the Duke came up. But then now that you came through with uh, Biz Nasty for us for, for, uh, at quarter after nine here, the Duke says he's waiving the fine. You, you're, so oh, you're cool really? with that? What is the going fine? <laughs> Duke, <laughs> the Duke hasn't come up with one yet. Uh, were you thinking about that, Duke, or...? Uh, I was thinking probably. I think uh, we decided on you know a couple, of, maybe one round um, oh. Friday night out oh, at the okay, out at the okay. pub for the oh, boys. There you go. I think we're all fine now. So uh, when I saw you last, we were at uh, the Glendale. You remember at the Glendale Golf and Country Club, the Oilers yeah. had their. Um, uh, Barry Cates Memorial Golf Tournament, and uh, we were talking, and, and you know, I, he, you you asked me how my game was, and I said it's just abysmal. So I was with <laughs> with Bob Nicholson. So you know how you when you uh, when you're in these tournaments and you have uh, uh, you know your whatever if you're teeing off and it's a it's a scramble. This was a shamble. You know how you're uh, when you have a bad shot, or sometimes you'll have a missed shot, and you'll you'll turn around, go back to the group, and look at everyone, and they're sort of looking at you, kind of going. Uh, you know, they're giving you that kind of... They're laughing at you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't some of the time for me. It was all of the time. Like, Bob Nicholson looked at me like I was from another planet. That's just, I mean, it's just brutal. But you said, I think you said you shot 80 that day or 81? Yeah, something like that. So, um, how many rounds did you get in this year? Uh, not as many as I'd like. Maybe 15. Oh, that's it? That's it. <laughs> well, it's still a fair bit. Uh, David Schlemko is with us, uh, and uh, we're going to bring in uh, Paul Bissonnette in about uh, 10 minutes or so. Um, it's funny, when we were on the air, there would be about three weeks now, or uh, two weeks, two Couple and a half, weeks. I guess. Uh, and when everything went down, you know, you had the player's perspective, and you had that feeling how things were kind of progressing with the story with Mike Babcock. Uh, right. Um, can you kind of take us through what you were kind of thinking a couple of weeks ago when this all started happening with, you know, where Paul Bizonette started this? Well, I think there's a lot of chatter out there that uh, Biz was just doing this for the attention and, and yeah. to get his name out there where I thought there had to be something more behind it. Um, a guy's not going to blow up his reputation for mm-hmm. something like that, right? And like we mentioned before it's a player's podcast and uh lo and behold a couple of weeks later <laughs> look where we are now right mm-hmm. uh, a lot more has come out of the woodworks and uh babs is no longer there so did did you kind of could you think that at the time did you think it was going to get to that to all the way to that i didn't know if it was going to get all the way to that um i think i heard if few days after our last show we were talking there that uh, the NHLPA was launching an investigation and, and coming into town in Columbus there that's when I kind of figured that you know something important had happened and there's something they had to get to the bottom too. Yeah uh, so we're going to touch that on that a little bit with uh, Biz Nasty obviously but there's a lot of other things uh, going on with this guy man he's one of the busiest if you want to call him an entertainer going i mean this guy is doing everything he's i mean i don't know how he finds the time in the day right. uh, so i mean were you surprised he even answered your text 
Oh, I was hoping you'd answer my text. I wasn't sure if you'd have uh, time to come on a radio show here. Like you said, I think he's just signed a new deal with TNT. He's mm-hmm. been he's been busy with the podcast, obviously taking shots from left, right, and center for a week there, and mm-hmm. and now I'm sure he's basking in a little bit of the glory of of the one being right and, right. and sticking up for the players' side. So uh, I mean, good for him. Yeah. Um, Training camp well underway uh, for the Oilers. Uh, when you were back in training camp back in the day, all the teams that you were uh, on in the NHL, um, about a week in, were you kind of going, let's just get the season going here already? Yeah, I mean, personally, I thought the first four days were the worst. Uh, like You get in, you do got to do all the medicals, and that takes pretty much all day can't eat you gotta fast the night before so you're you're not feeling 100 percent, and then you gotta jump onto a vo2 bike ride that's uh <laughs> that's no fun and then uh the first three days of camp like practice and that before the preseason games start are, are pretty grueling as well so once you can get into the exhibition games i think it, it starts to get a little easier taper off a little bit um I do think that we've still played way too many exhibition games. Mm-hmm. I think it was, I don't know what it is now. It was at least seven or eight when yeah. I was playing. And how many did you play, you think? Half? Oh, uh, when you're a young guy, you play almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, then, yeah, once you once you get a little bit older, you're a veteran guy, you only get to play a handful. Uh, for our texter that has not sent his name in and says, why are you so rude to Quinn? How is she your friend? You're coming across as a total a-hole. Get some class. Well, uh, you are so out to lunch, whoever this is sending this in. You are so far off base. You have no sniff. Uh, appreciate the email, though. Uh, Quinn and I have been friends for a long time. That is our relationship. We... Uh, cut each other a little bit here and there we dig each other and i think for you to come uh, across and saying that i was rude is wrong uh quinn knows i wasn't rude everyone in the building here knows that's not the case and uh quinn and i go back a long long way so uh thank you for listening appreciate it uh but um you are totally totally out to lunch and also if you want to text in again put your name on the text put your name on it and thanks for texting. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, got that off my chest, Schlemmer. I don't well, know. Somebody's grinding your gears today. Um, it's the way it goes, you know. Got to stick up for yourself around here a little bit sometimes. Uh, so I was actually reading that text while you were t- saying the end of your uh, your story. But as, I, I did, when you were talking about the VO2 machine, we've talked about it, the, the Duke and I, a little bit here as well. Um What's that exactly like? Go with, run us through that. Well, it's exactly miserable. Uh, <laughs> some guys are better at it than others. Um, it usually, some teams are a little bit different, but it usually gets harder and harder every three minutes. Mm-hmm. It starts out pretty easy. And, you know, as, as you get to the medium hard part and you you start feeling it in your legs, they start seizing up and... From there on out, it's just a all-out grueling push, minute after minute, and you're just sitting there watching the clock, and you've never seen a clock go any slower. Hmm. Just looking at the guys next to you, thinking like, "Are you gonna stop? <laughs> Are you gonna stop?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's not even—it's not how long you go either. That's the thing, right? It, it's all on your body weight and your 
your your lungs, your, mm-hmm. you got the thing strapped up to your mouth and that's not comfortable either. But yeah, I think it's even harder for the big guys. You know, Probably, I've seen yeah. some of the, I remember doing one of big old Mitch Fritz uh, in Phoenix one year and he crushed the entire thing. Mm-hmm. All like 18, whatever minutes it was of it. And he ended so up. So how long do you go? You can go as long as you too. can, I guess. Yeah, there's usually a max, like an yeah. 18, 21 minute max. I mean, I never touched that or got even close. Most guys don't, but um, yeah, it has something to do with the capacity of your lungs. So even those big, strong guys, uh, big legs that can mm-hmm. keep pushing and pushing, maybe um, the, their breathing isn't as efficient. I'm not, I'm not completely sure. Right. Um, I think we're going to take a quicker break right now. Duke, is that all right with you? Because you're still kind of figuring out uh, our winner from the two tickets. Greg, uh, once again, thanks to Greg for donating two tickets tonight uh, to the Oilers and the Vancouver Canucks uh, for a preseason game. And uh, I think, have you got that straightened around, Duke? Because I couldn't believe the amount of text that came in. First, yeah. thanks, thanks to everyone for sending their uh, their texts in, for sure. Looks like Randy is our, our okay. winner, says so he's going to take his daughter, who's, uh, you know, as uh, young people do, maybe going through a little bit of a hard time with school starting up and stuff. So I think a chance to make uh, oh, make great. a young lady's day and get her up to the game tonight. And Randy says thank you very much to both us for setting it up and, once again, to Greg for, uh, for donating those tickets. So hope uh, Randy and his daughter have a great time. Perfect. Awesome. All right. So we're going to take a quick break because we're going to hit, hit up uh, Biz Nasty at uh, 9.15 or so. Uh, and we got to get him hooked up as well. So uh, Paul Bissonnette will join uh, Karius and Schlemko when we come back on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, Kevin Carius, David Schlemko, and uh, without any further ado, let's bring in uh, Biz Nasty, Paul Bissonnette, former teammate of David Schlemko's. Uh, Paul Biznaski, welcome to the big program. How are you, big guy? Kevin, what's this I hear that Schlemmer's chirping me about keeping him up for pregame naps? <laughs> I've been seeing this clip going around the internet. Like, this guy needed to sleep playing 12 minutes a night. He was probably <laughs> too busy ripping the bong the night before, and that's why he was so cranky. <laughs> well, he's thinking, Schlemmer, about the, he's thinking the same thing right now, Biz. Schlemmer, I had, to, I had to wake your ass up for games making a, a playlist on my laptop. That's what all the clicking was. Oh, I explained so enough that. of this nonsense chirping me on the internet and on your radio show i have a little respect for your former teammate hey I, ex- I explained the playlist i explained the playlist bud it's all good fun <laughs> how you doing brother i miss you buddy oh doing well bud how are you <laughs> hey i will say i was a little i was a little hard on the towels I would definitely go hard on the towels in the hotel room, and uh, maybe next time I get a roommate, I'll make sure to count, uh, call down for a few extra. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh man! Uh, with uh, Biz Nasty, Paul Bissonette on Sports fourteen forty. Uh, hey, Biz, anything new with you? Anything going on in the last uh, couple of days, few weeks? Nothing much, man. Just hanging out in Arizona, getting ready for Chicklets Cup in Buffalo. I've actually been in loser mode. I've uh, I've been off the weed, off the booze. And I'm training right now. I'm probably in just as good a shape when I played because with Chicklets, we throw these ball hockey tournaments and uh, we've never won our own ball hockey tournament. And in fact, I, I have an arch nemesis named the Nose Face Killer. This kid's from Boston area. He's entered every single tournament we've thrown and he's beaten us in the finals every single time. So I'm going to take this villain down. And other than that, no, I haven't been up to much. Why, why do you ask? Is that the guy that was chirping you on Insta the other day? <laughs> 
buddy, this kid is, <laughs> he, he was made in a lab. He's, oh. he's, he's the Costco brand Ovechkin of ball <laughs> hockey. It's, it's insane. I think, I honestly, we, we're going to have to start piss testing at these tournaments because I think he's on the gas. But he is, he, he's, he's the great one in the ball hockey world. And like I said, he's won every single Chicklets Cup. Uh, he, he, he goes on the National Ball Hockey Association wherever they're traveling around. And I don't think the kid's ever lost a tournament. So I might have to pull out the old Nancy Kerrigan and give him a leg chop uh, in, in the hallway of, uh, of, of, of the Buffalo River Works. There you go. Those real ball hockey guys hustle hard too, eh? Oh, they work their bags off. <laughs> uh, we got there's Biz no, Nasty. There's, pol- no, there's no gliding schlemmer. There, there's, no, oh, there's no coasting. Exactly. Like you're, you're running or you're stopped. Yeah, I used to play ball hockey too. Oh yeah, uh, we oh, got you did. Yeah, <laughs> I won a couple of junior nationals. Oh wow, <laughs> not a big deal. <laughs> not a big deal. Oh, uh, we got Biz Nasty, Paul Bizanet uh, on Kerry Schlemko Sports fourteen forty. We got let's get this uh, out of the way right now. A couple of weeks ago, you get a text uh, from a player talking about uh, Mike Babcock. Uh, did you what did you think when you received the text and uh, your thoughts on everything? How it progressed moving forward? Kev, I thought we were going to have fun on this interview. <laughs> not we are, we are. Let's just get it out of the way, man. Uh, yeah, I got a text from a, from a buddy of mine used to play with Babs and uh, just kind of made me aware that he's up to his old tricks. And uh, after going away for four years, really hadn't learned his lesson as far as like how he should be interacting and, and treating his players. And uh, I kind of, you know, I, I, I was going to forget to mention on the podcast because I'd mentioned it to Wit a, a couple days prior when pre- uh, preparing. And the only reason I mention it is because this former player, he goes, you need to give guys the heads up because where he used to play, there was a designated guy who would let all the new guys know, hey, make sure you clean up your phone so he's not looking through it and then is using anything that he sees that he doesn't like against you. And next oh, thing you know, wow. he's burying your career and, and making your life miserable. So um, I do so when Witt brought it up on the podcast. Obviously, we we do so in an animated way. I was mm-hmm. joking around about like him looking at dick pics and, <laughs> and Instagram girls that the boys are sending around. Like obviously, like if people can't tell when I'm being sarcastic or not, then they, that's their issue. But nonetheless, like the accusation ended up gaining way more steam than what I thought was going to happen. It blew up. Um, then the player that I'd mentioned, along with another one, kind of. I don't want to say denied the interaction, but made them a lot made them a lot lighter than what they were. Um, and, and who knows? Maybe he handled those, those those situations with the older guys a little differently. I think we can all agree the fact that when you're getting in the coach's room and he's asking it about your camera roll is a little bit bizarro land. I think most people listening are going to be like, yeah, that's an invasion of privacy. Well, as the league, uh, who, by the way, the NHLPA and the younger players on the Columbus Blue Jackets for stepping up, like this, they're the heroes, right? And the former player who let me know. The more they dug into it, the worse it got. Like in one case, like they, he had a player come over to his house in the summertime in Michigan. First thing, he says, give me your phone. He hooks it up to airplay. He's going through his pictures and texts. And then after about seven to ten minutes, he goes, all right, you're good to go. And this is some of the type of stuff that was still going on after he, you know, been let go in Toronto. So most people say, oh, he got fired because of the record and things weren't going well in Toronto. Nah, he got canned because of the antics. And everyone heard the Marner story. 
the, the player that reached out to me finally called Dubas and was like, listen, like uh, you can keep this guy, but I can't play here anymore. Like this is a nightmare. And it just so happens on the same day, another player called asking for the same thing. And finally they just parted ways and he got to keep his money. And the minute that contract was done, he gets signed by Columbus. So I don't wow. think Kekalainen and whoever in the organization deserve crap for giving a guy a second chance. I mean, maybe you could argue at the, at the due diligence period because, like, I'm a second chance guy. Like, you know, at Babs, yeah, he was a. If you want the examples of the past, I mean, you can go to the Spezza thing where he sat him out first game in Toronto. You can go to the Mike McDonald thing. He held him out uh, so he couldn't reach 1,500 games. Uh, trying to healthy scratch Chelios uh, at the outdoor game in Chicago, going back home to when the players had to go in and basically say, if you don't play him, we're not playing. Um, the Franzen stuff, the Marner stuff in Toronto with him writing a list of guys who he thought were the worst in shape and then reading the list in the locker room when he was a rookie. Like the list goes on and on and on of stuff in the past of which you could, you could scald him for. But hey, if he went away for four years and learned his lesson and got better and understands that you need to c- communicate with these kids on a different level, well then, hey, then give him a second chance and, and we can all move on. But the fact that he's doing this when he gets reinstated before we even hit preseason, like I need, I, I must be in, like we, we're in banana lands here if, if, <laughs> if we think that this is normal, right? Right. <laughs> like, I mean, that's... Have I done, done a decent job of breaking this down? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that, and that's a long laundry list of stuff gone bad, right? And you're talking about Carco. I mean, did he do enough homework looking back at this? Did who? Yarmo Karkalainen. Did Yar? Sorry, I, I, you cut out there for a second. Yeah, uh, yeah, like, the that's GM. The thing. It's like I just, I just don't feel. I don't feel like the blame should be snapped around to anybody other than the guy who was doing it. Like if he went in there and he Fair. and he had an unbelievable interview and he said all the right things, like what's not the what's you know why should he be scalded for trying to give this guy a second chance? Ultimately, people want people to be held accountable. And if somebody is on the like listening to this, or you guys are like, nah, I think that he should be held accountable, and his job should be on the line too. Well, that's fine. Like, I'm not going to like sit here and argue to the to the death with you. I just don't think that he he's where the focus should go. Right, agreed. Our know, our headliner of the day is uh, brought to you by Mr. Rooter Plumbing, uh, and it is Biz Nasty Paul Bisonette and Mr. Rooter. Oh, I got the headline. Yeah, you're the headliner. <laughs> you you are the headliner, Biz. Uh, they are sports fans, like all of our is listeners. It, and is it just by chance, it's a plumbing company. Yes, that's why I wanted to get this in for you, Biz. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys. Mr. Rooter, sports fans like all of our listeners, they're pumped to talk sports radio with Biz. For all your plumbing needs, go to Mr. Rooter. Uh, why? Did you want to be a plumber when you're growing up or something or what, Biz? Well, I, I, I was during my whole NHL career. What are you talking oh, about? I'm a real plumber. I mean, come on. Uh, uh, but, but, hey, just shout out to all the trades people listening. Those guys are the ones who make the world tick. There you go. Ah, oh, man. So I'm wondering one more thing here. So you say your source starts to downplay it a little bit or kind of go back on his words. Then how does the NHLPA decide to come in and launch an investigation? Or are they just no, kind of doing their no, due no, dil- no. diligence? My, 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 my source didn't downplay it. My source let me know that it was going on, and he'd found out that Boone Jenner – was the guy. I made a mistake on the podcast. I should have never used Boone Jenner's name. Mm-hmm. But my source never backed down. My source was like, 
the way that they're talking about this is not how it happens. He literally got in the room and he goes, show me your phone. And from what I'm hearing, that's how it happened with the other guys too. It's, it was being portrayed as this like fa- family photo sharing situation, even to the point where Yarmo said like, yeah, like he, he did it with me. Babcock's not a stupid guy. Like, you know, well, I mean, p- people could argue that he tried <laughs> to set up the pieces to where the GM's like, oh, yeah, like we shared family photos. Like, it, it, that's normal. Right. In what world? No, he, he did that. So if it got brought up, he would be like, oh, yeah, no, it's what I did with you. Like, I, I've gotten the stories from behind the scenes that that's not the way it went down. And also, these guys wouldn't be the, the, the text messages that were rolling in and the phone calls I got from either guys on the team or players who knew guys on the team. Schlemmer, if you leave a normal interaction with your head coach, are you texting and calling your buddies right after being like, you'll never guess what just happened? Exactly. No, you have a normal interaction with your coach and you, and you leave it and you leave it at that. Right. And but these like, weren't normal interactions to the point where somebody texted Wit, who Wit knows uh, who's from Boston and goes, buddy, he goes, this thing you were talking about on the podcast he goes, I got a text from so-and-so on the team a month ago after meeting him for the first time. He said the same thing. You'll never guess what happened. Hmm. So he's, like, people are like, well, why didn't they just stand up right away? And, and why did they kind of like, make like, light of it and say that it was normal? It's like, well, because if he doesn't end up getting canned, you don't think he's going to bury the, that guy's career? Well, that's he's, exactly what I said last week. He's done like, it in the past. Boone Jenner's in a pretty tough spot there. Right. Yeah, and that's why I, I, I feel bad for, for bringing his name into it. Like I said, I told with the story that I'd heard, and then I, I totally forgot. I, we probably weren't going to bring it up till we were doing our season, season previews. So when he did, he put me on the spot, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you'll never, you'll never believe this one. And, the re- and I said it because I'm like, could you imagine doing that to your captain? Like, have some respect for your captain yeah. when you get there. But I'll say this, if I was Boone Jenner's age, I would have told Babcock to shove, shove his own phone up his ass and said, mind your own business. Beat it, buddy. <laughs> right? Uh, like, would you like have the 18-year-old, <laughs> the 18-year-old I get is like scared and, and is like, uh, if he says no, what are the consequences? But if you're an older captain, I, I, I think at that point you could be like, listen, buddy, if you want to talk about the power player, the penalty kill, we're on game. Don't worry about what's going on in my camera roll. Ms. Nasty is our guest, Carrier Schlemko, Sports 1440, Paul Bissonette. Um, you kind of said, and I want to get get off this topic in a second here, but just did you did you think, Grazia, <laughs> yeah, did you think that this would get to where it was? You kind of said that at the start of our interview here. You never thought it would get to where it, where it ended up. No, but I'm also like naive. Like we go on the podcast and we let it fly. And it's, you know, it's sometimes you're like, oh, geez, like, I'm sorry, this person's offended by this. Like I was just kind of like joking around. And, but no, I didn't, none of us thought that that would get the steam it would get. And I don't know, it, it did. And as the stories kept rolling in and it got worse, I'm glad that they looked into it. And, Look, I mean, what do you guys think? Like, do you think he should still have a job right now after doing that, after getting reinstated? No. No, I, I would have. Again, I'm on the more the side where I'm not sure why he was even hired. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> all right, you're a straight shooter. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's kind of how I look at it again. And yeah. you know what's funny? You know, Biz, like, I mean, you know, obviously guys like Frank Cervelli and, and things like that. Frank Cervelli can't say 
enough good things about a guy like Pascal Vincent who's taking over and is kind of coming in to clean this mess up. Yes, I think that also you would be people would be naive to understand that just this next like Schlemmer, like I don't know about you, but but I had hard coaches growing up, like and ones that really held me accountable, and ones that were when you showed up to the rink, yeah, there was probably a little bit of an element of fear. Absolutely. I don't as far as like maybe how like uh, intense I am now and how that's worn off with me. Like I don't know if I would be able to like be in a locker room and maybe deal with some of these young kids. I wouldn't. I would definitely wouldn't be a Babcock. I might like blow a gasket now and then. But I also like like that about when I grew up, and I think that it taught me a lot about accountability and work ethic and so on and so forth. But those tactics aren't don't really work with this next generation, and we we, we have to adapt, right? Well, they have nothing and to do with I hockey, think that right? With, coach, with that, they have nothing to do with hockey. Like I, that I, has nothing to do with hockey, I, right? Bob like hardly people was, would even argue like the guys, messages but... and and that type of stuff wears a little bit thin and, and that's not really the approach but I guess I guess overall is my point is is I think that there's a lot of new coaches coming up that deserve opportunities and I'm not saying that they shouldn't recycle an old coach who maybe didn't have success somewhere but they should definitely start looking at new player places more and more especially if like you're doing stuff that has nothing to do with hockey and as part of your track record where it's more of mental warfare like yeah. that's that's a for sure case. And the games changed too, right? Like the games changing, these these kids are changing. Like even even the hard coaches we had in our earlier careers, like some of these kids they couldn't handle some of this stuff. There's no way. No. No, no. No. And you know, I was fortunate though, as I when I got to the NHL, like I mean we had Tip, right? Like Tip was Tip was fair, he was a players coach. He was great. Yeah, he would get upset and cranky and yell sometimes, but like man, it's like high stakes, but he was always fair. Yeah. Was he your toughest coach then, Biz? No, Mike Stuthers was my toughest coach. But I but I love him like a father. Like I Mm You know, I, I played with him in pro too. Eventually, we want to call their cup together. I had him in junior in Owen Sound, and he was just intense. Yeah. And you know, it, it was it was something that I did, I'd never experienced before. But it, it it prepared me for the next level, and and I'm grateful for him. Uh, and I and and also when I had him in pro, he had he had he had started to adapt. Like he 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 changed from when from whatever like ten fifteen years prior. Because you know, because he, you know, because he's smart and he adapted. Uh, I want to get off of this. Let's move on to some other business here yeah. with uh, Biz Nasty, uh, Paul Biznet, Carius Schlemko Sports, fourteen forty. So, in Schlemmer's words, he called you a borderline NHLer, and uh, yeah. that's that's Schlemmer's yeah. words, not mine. Um, <laughs> but say the same thing about me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I mean, but look at you now from where you were when you retired. I mean, to to where you are now, you're sitting with Wayne Gretzky on the TNT set. I mean, you've got one of the most successful podcasts going. Um, you're one of the most popular guys in the sport not playing. Um, how how have you accomplished all of this? And, like, and what are your thoughts just if you were to kind of take a picture of yourself on the outside looking in and, and ex- try to explain that, this journey, how would you do it? 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a crazy ride. I, I mean, I guess I got to thank social media and getting on um, Twitter at an early time where it just ended up opening up a lot of doors. And, you know, we, I gained a following on there. Um, through that, I was given opportunity to, to work with Sportsnet and, and other companies to produce video content. I would get interviewed more. Um, than pr- probably your regular fourth line plug when we were on the road or even with our local <laughs> broadcast team. And I think it just made me really comfortable in front of the camera. And uh, and then, so I guess I, I, I'll try to tell the story as quick as possible. So when I got done with Phoenix after my five-year NHL career, um, I didn't have a job. So I ended up uh, going on a PTO to St. Louis and then ended up on my couch for about a month, like fully depressed, couldn't even get an American league gig and it was a very vulnerable place. So it's, I was fortunate enough where I ended up getting an American league gig, want to call their cup with the Manchester Monarchs, played two more years with the Ontario rain with the Kings organization. But it's, in my last year, I tore both my ECLs and that experience of being on the couch and knowing that like, no one's going to save you and this can be taken from you at any point. It, it prepared me in a mental state to when I knew when the time was going to come that I had to jump right into something. And I was fortunate enough to get the Coyotes radio gig, but I also did this film project that first summer when I was retired. I oh, just I dove right into it, went on the road, self-funded it, uh, did all the logistics. Like we, put, we It's called Biz Does BC. It's like this mm-hmm. silly mockumentary that we did, and it's goofy. It, it's like, you know... It's, 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 a, it's a debauchery, but it, it taught me a lot about how to be in front of the camera, um, editing, all of it. And from then on there, it just like it just kind of propelled things with doing the radio and really not saying no to a lot of stuff. I just was able to experience a lot of things. And then fortunately, um, after going on the Spit and Chicklets podcast about three times for interviews, my former teammate, Ryan Whitney, was like, hey, like, I feel like we're kind of missing a dynamic with me and R.A., and we'd like you to join. And it just so happens I hadn't released that mockumentary yet. And it said, I said, perfect. We'll release the mockumentary with Barstool. I'll join the podcast after I'd gotten my feet wet in radio for a year. And then obviously from letting it fly and not holding back, I think it was probably refreshing to some, especially the younger generation. And then it ended up just kind of taking on a mind of its own. And I, I I was very and still am very involved in the business side of stuff. Like I enjoy business and, and all that. Like for instance, like when we got New Amsterdam as a sponsor to the podcast, they said talk about your favorite drink and Wit said Pink Whitney and all the we started getting all these messages about it on Twitter. So I like me and my buddy right away we filed for the domain and Wit and Barstool right away were like, No, we're a hockey podcast, beat it. Like let's just focus on the hockey podcast and well, now we're we're moving 1.2 million cases of Pink Whitney a year, and oh, uh, fortunately, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, in yeah in Schlemmer's backyard. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so it, it's like I said, it just kind of all grew from there, and then just no, like not having wife or a kids has helped be able to give me a lot of flexibility where I I, ha- I didn't say no to a lot, so it opened up a lot of doors and. Um, and then eventually TNT got the broadcast and, you know, Wayne's kid, uh, Trevor Gretzky, mm-hmm. he goes, Hey, you should reach out. And then, you know, Wayne having <laughs> Wayne's, the, the you know, he's the, I mean, what's the word I use? Um, he's kind of like, uh, the godfather 
right? Like whatever he says goes and he goes, why don't you guys give Biz a try? And then, and then it was like the rest is history. So getting, sitting, getting to sit next to Wayne is just, it's, it's insane. From a fourth line peasant to getting to be buddies with Wayne Gretzky, like I got to spend three days with him this summer at Gazer at his his summer cabin there, and he's it's just it's a whirlwind. So I don't I hope I did a good job of explaining it, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to me either most days, and uh, I'm just very blessed and very grateful that it worked out the way it did. Uh, one thing I, I do remember though, even just from our Coyote days, is like you were always out networking yourself like you're in the scene it wasn't like it just fell in your lap like i feel like you have always worked for it a little bit no yeah <laughs> like like uh when, we, when i first got to town like i remember i went to the w schlemmer like the w Scottsdale, like because they got a nice nightclub there and yeah. uh, you know i was young and single and I was like, hey, yeah, like I'm at the front. I'm like, hey, we play for the Coyotes. And that guy's like, oh, okay, cool. Like back of the line, loser. <laughs> <laughs> and so from there, like, I, you know, I would always just like, hey, hey God, here's four tickets for you and some of the bouncer guys. Like come to a game. And so next thing you know, like we didn't have to wait in line, just like net, networking throughout town. And yeah, that was just always something I kind of did. And uh, and obviously it kind of helped lead to other things as well, like uh, like you're talking about. But uh, yeah, I would say that it was definitely in, in my personality as well, Schlemmer, for sure. With uh, Biz Nasty, Paul Bissonette, Karius, Schlemko, Sports 1440 in the Capital Region. Uh, just a couple more for you, Biz. I know you're uh, uh, just jammed up against it. You're probably the busiest guy in show business, but... Um, uh, you you mentioned the Wayne Gretzky angle, and you did spend some time with him. Can you just explain to our listeners um, what that dynamic is when you guys are on the set, how you prepare, and how you kind of translate that relationship uh, during your broadcast? Well, I try to prepare hard for Wayne. It, he's an, he's a hockey encyclopedia. Okay. To sit down with this guy, he could rifle off some of the craziest hockey stories one after another, after another, after another. It doesn't end. And he just loves the game so much. So e- even the history of the game before his time and like when, you know, Gordy Howe and Guy Lafleur and having absorbed these stories from those guys as well. So, I mean, the, the dynamic is, 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 you know, I try to bring as much as I can from like a studying perspective, but I think what we all want from Wayne is just to, well, here is opinion on what he thinks of certain situations on the ice and how he saw the game because he lived it, mm-hmm. but also the, just the history and, and all these amazing stories with these legends that have paved the way for, for the league to get to where it is. And it's, it's just, like I said, it's, it's, it's unbelievable getting to hang out with the guy and, it, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on Edmonton radio. He loves the city of Edmonton. He taught, he goes, the people there are the nicest people on the planet. He loves going back. He always tells me, he goes, he goes, if, if you ever talk about, if you're ever talking about me, make sure you tell people how much I love the, 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 mm-hmm. uh, the, the people of Edmonton. He says that to me, like probably once every two months. So I just want to relay the message. Like he loved his time there, and mm-hmm. and he's he's obviously grateful for getting to to have that group of uh, and that team that, to win four cups and and bring them home. And uh, he's just he's just the best. And then we also have an amazing crew with with Liam McHugh, who's an incredible yeah. bus driver, Anson Carter, who also spent some time in Edmonton, who's been doing TV for about twelve to fifteen years. 
it was it really sucked to lose talk because I learned so much from the coaching dynamic and the structure of the game from him, just like I would have Dave Tippett. Um, but we we ended up fortunately finding a great replacement in Henrik Lundqvist. Where now you get the well, he's a man missile too, so you know more <laughs> ladies ladies are watching, and I can get some style tips. But he also brings that that goalie perspective and is very articulate and and explaining people the goalie position, which. I mean, we all know. I mean, if you got good goaltending, like look at look at Florida, you can go all the way to the dance. Right. So now you're on this national broadcast. I just got one more question for you. Just knowing you and the way you talk and hear you on the podcast, do you kind of have to watch what you say and the things you say depending on where you are? Or, and have you ever gotten in <laughs> trouble for that? <laughs> I put on a double filter before the show, Schlemmer. <laughs> That's why sometimes I, I'm like, I, I skip out on the broadcast because I'm like, oh, yeah, if I said that, I'd be done. But you just yeah, yeah. re-upped the deal. All, all of you guys re-upped with TNT. Um, you've got to be excited about that. And, and um, how much do you think you've seen since you started on TNT hockey grow in the United States? Um, I think, well, I just think it's it's a sport that's on the rise, and especially with the amount of Americans that are coming in. Like, I think that the development from the U.S. national program and and, and collegiate level, I would say in, in four or five years, like, they might be on par with Canada. Mm-hmm. And if, if there was an Olympics now, I mean, that American roster, like, Canada is looking at that being like, oof, this ain't going to be easy. So um, I just think with that, along with how they brought the broadcast to ESPN and TNT to have a competitor in a, in a sense of like challenging one another to up the, the ante and, and entertainment value, I think it's great. I think Gary's done an exceptional job in that regard and allowing that to happen. Like I almost wish that they, they did that in Canada where it was more open. I know that, that Sportsnet owns majority of the rights and then TSN has – regional games but i would imagine the next time the deal's up that they probably open it up where it's more open season much like espn and yeah. tnt yeah, almost like nfl yeah it has to get to that stage again um i just think yep. yeah it'll just help for for more viewership and more consumption and and uh and i think that that's what the the u.s needed and i think with the competitiveness of the league and i think the I think that the, the, uh, Americans really love that, that also that blue collar element. I feel like hockey players kind of fall in line and, and are very humble. And I think that they appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how do you, I mean, Oilers fans want your opinion on this team. Um, how far can the Oilers go this year? Uh, I think that they're probably a top five Stanley cup contender and, you know, they got, they, they got a, a, a decent back end. Um, you know they 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 got Ekholm back, which is which is huge, right? He made a, a huge impact right away, and I think that Darnell Nurse, although struggled in, in the postseason with injury, I think he's going to have a huge huge season as well. Um, I think that Skinner's going to take that next step, and I I know that at the end of the season there was a strong message in the locker room, and I think a lot of people at Edmonton and and maybe even you guys kind of view that Vegas series as the Stanley Cup final. Like I felt whoever yeah. won that yeah. was probably going to go on to win it. And, uh, and yeah, and, and, after that series, apparently Connor 
you know, had a message to the room. He says, you, everybody be here ready to go um, beginning of September in the best shape of your life, like basically or else, or else, or else you're probably not going to be part of this group mm-hmm. because he wants them to up all up their standard. And he understands that that window is right now. So I would say that I would be shocked if in the three years, mm-hmm. next three years, Edmonton doesn't bring home a Stanley cup. And- um, my, my, my only, my one concern is the, the element of, of playing those guys maybe 25 minutes a night is probably not sustainable by the time you get to that second and third and Stanley Cup final, whereas they're so maybe fatigued from trying to carry the offense for the whole season. They just need to get more contribution from the bottom six. They need to have nights where, where it's like the bottom six showed up and they at the end in the third period, they can just roll four lines and not have to play those guys 25-26 in order to try to solidify better playoff positioning or even get in. And uh, any words of advice for uh, just an up-and-coming radio broadcaster like David Schlemko? Any, <laughs> any words of advice, Biz? But he, he's the man. Schlemmer's the man. I mean, like, he's so, he's so chill. I mean, he's, he's probably a pleasure to work with. Oh, he's chill, all right. Um, oh, he's so chill. He, he, that's why I thought he was so good with the puck. It's because he didn't have a heartbeat, so he'd be coming coming up the ice, last man back, and I'd be I, I'd be shitting my pants, last man back, tearing up the ice, and he would just always make the right play and. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm proud of you for the career you had. You ended up playing in a few more spots where you you ended up in Montreal and then San Jose towards the end. Yeah, Jersey, San Jose, Montreal, the old suitcase, bud. Yeah, you turned into a suitcase, but hey, buddy, at least somebody wanted you, and you weren't in the American League like old busy boy here. <laughs> but uh, hey, keep doing your thing, Schlemmer. You were an amazing teammate, a, a great guy. I hope the family's good. And because it's you, buddy, we could we could maybe do this every couple months. I'd love to come oh, on and have around with you, boy. Uh, that's it, great, and I, and I get buddy. to I get to read the plumbing extra that you that you really enjoyed as well, Biz. Get the same <laughs> get the same plumbing ad for every time. Maybe they'll step up. We'll get, but tell them tell them I get a coupon for my place in Victoria. We're gonna have to step over because sometimes I well, clog the shitter up. <laughs> uh, you know what? We only got uh, a couple of uh, bombs, two bombs in the the forty minutes we talked. We appreciate your time, Biz. So. Uh, thanks uh, for this, and maybe we'll bump into you uh, on a TNT broadcast when you guys come up here. Love it. Hey, thanks so much again for having me, guys. Thanks yeah. a lot, Biz. All Talk right. to you later, brother. Yeah, thanks, Plumber. That is our Mr. Rooter headliner, Biz Nasty. There's a reason they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca, and it looks like Mr. Rooter's got a job in Victoria now <laughs> at... Uh, at Biz's condo. Uh, we've had so many texts come in during uh, that interview. Didn't want to really kind of disrupt Biz, who goes on many tangents, but just this last one from Zads. Uh, hey, gents, this is uh, this interview with Biz Nasty is incredible. He's well-spoken, but I believe uh, is humble, which is why he's so well-liked. Love the show. Thanks, uh, Zads. So, I mean, what, what was your first recollection of the guy when you, when you were, I guess, in Arizona, right? When I first met him? Yeah. Oh, he was great. Um just brought so much energy to the room. You know, it's kind of an intimidating room to walk in. Yeah. So he was there already, right? He had like just got picked up off waivers from Pittsburgh, I believe it was, yeah. like a month or two before my first call up. So he acting like he'd been there for ten years. <laughs> just walks walking uh, around the room naked everywhere. Uh, <laughs> just 
cracking jokes, just being himself, really. Uh, no, he's just a great guy to have in the room. Um, man, I'm so f- I do, I'm so far behind breaks here, Duke. I have no clue what's going on, but I think we got to take one. So, uh, more with David Schlemko when we come back on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. Stay with us. Uh, well, welcome back to the uh, big program. Uh, text rolling in with our. Uh, Headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter, Biz Nasty uh, from Sean. Great interview. Biz is the only guy who can get away with his jokes and a minor profanity in AM radio. And he almost made it to the very end. You know, I, I was thinking, oh, are we going to be on the, the Don Cherry seven-second delay here? But, you know, <laughs> I thought he was fairly clean. What did you think, Schlemmer? I thought he did pretty well. Just a couple S-bombs. <laughs> uh, Jetty wants to, uh, the biz to know that Edmonton is cheering for him to beat Noseface at the Chicklets Cup. Uh, he was kind of talking about I don't. Do you know I don't know a whole lot about this Chicklets Cup. He was touched on it off the top. But what? Yeah, it's a big thing they run. It's all over Instagram if you're okay. on there. Uh, but this uh, Noseface guy has been chirping him the last <laughs> couple of days, I guess. With the, the do you know anything up. about it, Duke? Yeah, it's a it's a huge event they put on, and they kind of rotate locations around the United States. A ball hockey tournament, and I think they also do like a roller hockey side of it too. And this guy, uh, the nose face killer, like Biz said, he's like one of the best ball hockey players in the United States, like multiple time national champion mm-hmm. type guy, and uh, and he's beat Biz and his crew of uh, misfits quite a few times in some finals and stuff. So uh, Paul probably looking for a little vengeance this time around. They're back in Buffalo. Uh, really cool event they put on. Uh, Weeksy texts in huge uh, get with the biz interview. Great interview. Thanks for that. Um, you said you were uh, a bit of a ball hockey player, were you, or what, David Schlemko? Yeah, I was. As a junior, um, it was actually just a bunch of guys that I played hockey with around here. I grew up with some played junior B. Uh, I remember Mark Fistrick. Yeah. He was on there for one of them. Um, but yeah, we wanted junior national here in Edmonton and then we repeat in PEI the next year and a bunch of us got invited to play for Team Canada at the Worlds really? in Italy. I didn't go. It was just too much of training to yeah. miss. Big chunkier summer but uh, it's cool. It's a different game. It's got a, like kind of the floating blue line like once you, once you cross the opponent's yeah. blue line then the holes half zone becomes your zone so it's got a couple quirky different rules um and it kept you in shape i guess a little bit oh yeah you didn't need to do any cardio if you're playing ball hockey it's like biz said there's no gliding so you Uh, run everywhere um Duke, did you play ball hockey or something? Not, not ball hockey per se, but Terry Ryan, uh, co-host on Mondays and Thursdays with the Jason Greger Show. Terry, also a, a national champion uh, ball hockey player at a couple different levels, both in like the open division and now in the master's division, as he called it on Monday, which I believe is the 35-plus category. So Terry doing all that on top of being a uh, big-time actor now. A new season of Shorzy comes out mm-hmm. later this week. And uh, and also being a co-host on the Jason Greger show, so uh, Terry and a good friend of Paul Bizonets as well. Yeah, do you watch that uh, first season of Shorzy, Dave? No, I haven't seen oh. it. Well, you you got to get that on. Uh, you've watched first season. Well, yeah, Dave, Dave, with a background of playing real hockey, like professional hockey, he doesn't have time for uh, these stories about men's league and, and senior A stuff. Uh, Playing as a former senior A hockey player myself in small it. town AB, <laughs> it is they do such a good job of getting like the feeling and vibe across of what it's like playing senior hockey in Canada. There's based in Ontario, of course. I played here in Alberta, 
but they hit it to a T. The writing is terrific. Terry uh, does a great job with his character uh, playing a Newfoundlander. Uh, comes pretty easy to him, obviously. So, yeah, definitely check that out. Season two comes out uh, later this week. A lot of um, dressing room banter that is um, perfect. not exactly uh, fit for the under 15 audience. <laughs> How's that sound? Is that a safe assessment, Duke? I don't know. I've, I've coached a lot of 15-year-olds. Not, not, not like this, no. <laughs> we wouldn't be running clips of it on AM radio. Uh, even after with what Biz uh, he said, he got through it pretty clean. We wouldn't be able to air more than probably one or two consecutive lines of uh, Shorzy's dialogue here on the open airwaves. Yeah, well, every time Terry Ryan comes on with Greg's, I mean, they can talk about the show a little bit, but they're, they're, it's not like they are... Um, uh, you know, going over scenes, going over script. Quoting anything. <laughs> uh, no, it ain't happening because it is uh, it is a, an amazing show for, for uh, guys that have kind of played hockey, that, that know what it's all about in the sense of um, dressing room banter, cuts, digs, um, getting under a guy's skin. Oh, uh, yeah. All the, the worst things that you've ever heard or said in your life, it's on this show. Oh, I'm definitely Hockey watching related. it now. Hockey related. Um, the very scoots the rig. I played against Mr. Schlemko in ball hockey. Played on a team called the Dirty um, with a guy Dave knows, Dave Nimmo. Uh, we met in provincials in Medicine Hat. Hit me with a slap shot of the inside of my thigh. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't near the front of the net. That comes from the rig. Uh, That's funny. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Justin texts in uh, Terry Ryan plays in the Chicklets Cup. So there you go. Uh, when we come back, we'll have some more open uh, text line, one 401 We will hook up with Shai Davidi uh, from Blue Jays Baseball on the broadcast on Rogers Sportsnet. That's coming up at 1020. So a uh, whole lot more to come up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. But first, a sports update with the Duke.